A reading from the book of Sirach. The Lord is a God of justice who knows no favorites. Though not unduly partial toward the weak, yet he hears the cry of the oppressed. The Lord is not deaf to the wail of the orphan, nor to the widow when she pours out her complaint. The one who serves God willingly is heard. His petition reaches the heavens. The prayer of the lowly pierces the clouds. It does not rest till it reaches its goal, nor will it withdraw till the Most High responds, judges justly, and affirms the right, and the Lord will not delay. The word of the Lord. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, 
I am already being poured out like a libation, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have competed well. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, the crown of righteousness awaits me, which the Lord, the just judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearance. At my first defense, no one appeared on my behalf, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the proclamation might be completed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil threat and will bring me safe to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their righteousness and despised everyone else. Two people went to the temple area to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. O oh God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and pay tithes on my whole income. But the tax collector stood off at a distance and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, 
but he beat his breast and prayed, O oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. For whomever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus' words to us this morning. And it says in the gospel, he spoke those words in the parable to those who were convinced of their righteousness and despised everyone else. Where the Lord's teaching us about the freedom of humility and the danger of pride. We know that pride is the original sin, really, where Adam and Eve fell to that. And the antidote to pride is humility, the counter-virtue. And Jesus tells this parable with two individuals there, and the Pharisee is the example of pride. He says he spoke this prayer to himself, not even to the Lord. He's caught up in himself. He's doing many good things, but he attributes it more to himself than the Lord working with him. Where the tax collector, who is known as kind of a public sinner because of cooperating with Rome, he simply says, oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner, humbles himself. And Jesus says his prayer is heard, he's justified. So the tax collector's prayer is at the root of a beautiful prayer from the East called the Jesus Prayer, you might know. Jesus, Savior, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus, Savior, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's learning from the tax collector's prayer that we can see the Lord calling us. Humility is not thinking less of oneself, but thinking of oneself less thinking less about yourself, focusing more of the Lord. And we can see in the second reading, St. Paul is a good example of acknowledging God's work in him, but attributing it to the Lord. He says, I've competed well, I've uh, completed well, kept the faith, and run the race. And then he says, the Lord stood by me and helped me. So St. Paul is acknowledging God's gifts, so he's humble even as he acknowledges them. It's false humility to deny the gifts God has given us or how he's working in us, but it's true humility to acknowledge the truth of who we are before the Lord. St. Benedict, who was called the father of Western monasticism, developed an interesting 12 steps toward humility for those in the monastery. Even though he composed it for a monastery life, we can learn from it ourselves. And these are his steps. He looked at it as kind of a ladder, but instead of climbing upward, you were climbing downward. 
to lower yourself in humility. Here's what he said. The first one is the fear of the Lord, that holy reverence to avoid offending the Lord. Scripture says the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. Second, Benedict said, not my will, but yours, O Lord. Restraining our will, again, as Jesus did, not my will, Father, but yours be done. Third, he was obedient even unto death. Again, describing Jesus in the letter to the Philippians. And when we are yoked to Jesus, we're willing to be obedient to the Lord, even unto our death. Fourth, embracing suffering patiently and obediently. We're all going to suffer in different ways or face illness. When we suffer patiently and obediently, we're growing deeper in humility. We're surrendering more to the Lord in trust. Number five, confess your sins and faults. So again, the beauty, the, the grace of regular confession, how it helps us all grow in humility. Number six, content yourself with lowliness, simply meaning accepting our littleness, like St. Therese of Lisieux, to acknowledge our littleness and to embrace that with the Lord. Seven, interior mediocrity. By that, St. Benedict meant we acknowledge that we haven't always used God's gifts well. We can't even abuse them. We sometimes settle for mediocrity. And it's humble to acknowledge that. Number eight is to keep the monastic rule that doesn't apply to us unless we're monks. But we can think about in your own vocation, what's the call of the Lord? And can we follow that and humble ourselves? Number nine, silence and solitude, seeking silence and speaking as needed, not just a lot. And number 10, keeping your peace in times of laughter, would be more humble not to laugh at people or to joke too much, but simply keeping our peace. And number 11, speaking calmly and modestly, modesty the tongue, Benedict would call it. And lastly, if we follow that, that path of humility, we'll eventually reach the final everlasting humility and meekness. We'll be one with the Lord who is infinitely humble. Interesting to meditate about those steps that we can all take little by little towards humility. The Lord wants that for us. The Lord who's humble says, I'm meek and humble of heart, learn from me. There's a beautiful, powerful litany of humility many of you maybe have discovered over the years. It was composed by a priest in the 1800s, kind of a uh, person who lived around the time of Bishop Berga, Cardinal Rafael del Valle. And this is his litany of humility and invite us to pray together by give you the response to give and I'll pray the intention. So the first response we wanna give is, deliver me, Jesus, let's say that, deliver me, Jesus, from the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus, from the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus, from the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus, from the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus, from the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus, 
from the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, Jesus. You see how humility frees us from fears to trust in the Lord. And now our response is, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Together, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be loved more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I go unnoticed. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. You can hear the stretching of our hearts in those intentions. Uh, helps us lean into the Lord for what more we need to grow. Just to ask the grace to desire those attitudes. And so as we celebrate the Eucharist, we're joining together with the one who is infinitely humble. We can pray, O oh Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make our hearts like yours. <laughs> 